The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Hello, Power Partners, and welcome to radio's finest hour of power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we are bringing you this show live from beautiful Redondo Beach, California. And wow, is it a gorgeous day out here today. The sun is shining, (laughs) the waves are rolling in, and the air is fresh. Well, we have you on our radar, and we want you to live your dream. So sit back, relax, and listen to our great show, because it's a how-to show today. Our guest author will be Russ Hovindick, who will tell us how to interview and how to get a raise with two of his new books, How to Interview and How to Get a Raise. And in Health Matters, Heather will give us dietary counseling for expectant mothers. And in our final segment, I'm going to give you some how-to advice on your spring garden. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, actors for your next film, commercial, or print project. Call us and we'll put you in touch with our agents, 925-377-STAR, or email Cynthia at star-style.com. And this is from Coach John Wooden from UCLA fame. Things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. That sounds like us, doesn't it, Heather? We're always seeing the bright side of things. Exactly. Lemon, turning lemons into lemonade. Exactly. Exactly. It's not what happens to you in life. It's how you react to it. So we want to encourage you to always think twice before you open your mouth, right, or before you jump off that cliff. Well, it has been known for over a 100 years that the diet of a pregnant woman directly affects the growth and the health of her newborn baby. Yet, very few women receive the dietary counseling they need. And Heather Brittany is our reproductive health professional, and she's going to share with us some studies and some thoughts on how the food we eat it influences a woman's health as well as the growth and development of the child. And uh, give us some tips on what we can do to keep healthy when we are pregnant. So, exactly. Heather, well, as you know, when, it, when, we eat, when we eat food... 
Um, it's to make us healthy, you know, to stay trim, to give us, you know, we try to eat things with the most uh, vitamins and nutritional value in it because it's good for us. So when we have a baby inside of us, we need to make sure what we're eating really counts. And there's sort of that myth that people always think, oh, well, I'm eating for two. So you think you can have all that ice cream sundaes and fatty foods. When actually when you're pregnant, you really should only be consuming about 300 additional calories during the first trimester. During the second trimester, about 350 additional. And when you're in your third trimester, nearing the very end, possibly up to 500 uh, additional calories a day. And this is based off a 2,000-calorie uh, diet. And something to consider, too, is everyone, before you start, you know, I, I don't want to say diet because you should never be dieting uh, when you're pregnant. You should be eating really healthy. This is a time when you almost want to be eating the healthiest you've ever eaten because it's not only for your health and making sure that you stay healthy, but for making sure your unborn child stays healthy. If you're significantly underweight at the beginning of your pregnancy, talk with your doctor about, you know, what you can do to be increasing calories. If you're significantly overweight, you might be good at just maintaining that 2,000 calories a day um, and not, you know, exceeding that. Again, eating the really the things that are really going to be beneficial. We already know, you know, eating um, cheeseburgers and ice cream sundae is never beneficial to our health. So think about with your unborn child and also with the vitamins you're getting. So the main thing I want us to first to talking about is eating a variety of foods. We've talked on different shows before about sort of eating the rainbows, getting, you know, those, those daily recommendations. And so you want to make sure you're getting about 6 to 11 servings of breads and grains, 2 to 4, really maybe more on the 4% um, servings of fruit and vegetables. Those are really Oh, Heather, delicious. I want to jump in there. You're supposed to eat more bread and grains than fruit and vegetables. I thought it was the other way around. Well, in general, um, so for me personally, I'm trying not to eat breads. But in general, when you eat your, you know, date the pyramids, grains are always higher. Um, as you know, the grains are at the very bottom uh, that you eat the most of. And then it goes fruits and vegetables and then dairies and meats. And at the very top, there's that little thing for fat. For me personally, I would be eating the 6 to 11 of fruits and vegetables because I don't really eat the grains. Um, I'm not a big bread carbohydrate person, but it's eating the correct grains. That doesn't mean, again, I go have cake or go have just eat, load up on carbohydrates. It's getting really good ones, you know, eating quinoa, um, you know, and uh, whole grain breads, whole grain wheats, brown rice, things like that that are going to be most nutritious. And so what you're saying is that the grains are like the foundation of it's, your diet. That's that, really, again, that's the most important. And then you go up from there. Labels and reading, making sure, because sometimes things may seem like it's a healthy idea, but it's not. For example, um, you want to be getting lots of proteins. And something to be kind of tricky about is a lot of times proteins come from meat, poultry, fish, nuts. Um, but the thing with that is also being really careful with going into your body. For me, if whenever I do get pregnant, I'm going to have the hardest time letting go of sushi. I love sushi so much. And unfortunately, there's, it's risky um, to be eating raw fish. But you still want to be getting those proteins. So you, there's certain cooked fish you can have, but be careful about the tunas and the salmons because of um, high levels of mercury. Also, when it comes to cheeses, dairy we know is so good for your body. Uh, drinking milk, yogurt, cottage cheese, where you have to be kind of um, careful about is those soft cheese, is fetas, breeze, gorgonzolas. Unfortunately, those moldy cheese, 
Sometimes they're unpasteurized, which can lead to um, things that as an adult your body is used to, but for an unborn fetus, it can actually cause infections and be very dangerous for the fetus. So always be careful um, before you start anything and start making food. Always talk um, with your doctor. You should be getting prenatal care from the very beginning. And something, too, if you're looking to conceive just in the beginning, don't wait until you're pregnant to start eating healthy. Um, something, you know, previously working in women's health care, we encourage women just in their fertile years, even if they're not planning to have children for many years, to take a folic acid supplement every day. Folic acid is the main uh, prenatal vitamin, the prenatal thing. It's, uh, it can help prevent spina bifida, excuse me, I can never pronounce that, um, which is a completely avoidable uh, deformation, basically, when a baby's being um, going you know, developing. Uh, folic acid, not only is it good for uh, your unborn child, but as a woman not even conceiving yet, it's good for your hair, it's good for your nails. A lot of women, you see, when they get pregnant, they have this gorgeous hair and their nail, everything, your, their bodies, these hormones. Are trying. So folic acid just kind of helps that, too. It's going to help your outer appearance as well as the inside for your child. Another you know, just to say, I think that when I was pregnant with both you and your brother, I don't think I've ever looked as good as when I was pregnant. As you said, I was really super healthy, and everything glowed. You know, they say sometimes that a pregnant woman has a glow about her, and I think if you do take care of your health, you get the right exercise, you do get the right prenatal care, you eat properly, you know, and you're happy. I think being happy is really very important to prenatal um uh, as a prenatal regimen. Exactly. And you know what something, too, is um, choosing. I, I wanted the main thing about why, you know, breads are really important, breads and nuts and pastas, is choosing things that are high in fiber. A lot of times, you've got to make their pregnancy more comfortable. A lot of women sometimes during pregnancy experience constipation or vomiting and, and stomach sickness. Eating a lot of um, fibers is going to help alleviate any constipation, but as well as eating those proteins is going to help, especially yogurt, is going to help um, with any kind of stomach irritations, you know, gingers. And always, as again, I said, making sure you're getting plenty of those uh, supplements. And, um, again, talk with your doctor. They make things. If you're someone who has a hard time swallowing pills, they make folic acid gummies, prenatal vitamins, these little things that almost seems like you're eating a candy. Um, also, again, make sure you're eating calcium-rich things, iron-rich. A lot of women experience iron deficiencies, and so you want to make sure you're getting at least 27 milligrams of iron every day. Vitamin what C- about, Heather, uh, you know, what about, you know, very often women in their first trimester experience nausea. And I guess, you know, ginger and papaya would be good for that. Is there any other dietary thing that a woman can do to feel better in that first trimester? Well, usually, I mean, you would know as being a previously pregnant woman, but a lot of times, again, is eating those things that proteins, fibers, uh, fibers and dairies can all help alleviate that. And also making sure that you're getting dark green leaf, um, leafy greens. And something actually, um, a lot, we all know, you know, to avoid alcohol and smoking and being around that. But something too, um, when you're, yeah, excuse me, something too, when you're thinking about it, um, is making sure with all, uh, all the folic acids and the leafy greens that you're eating, 
Also thinking that you want to avoid caffeines and artificial sweeteners. I know some people, they love, they have to have that cup of coffee. You can still have up to 300 milligrams a day, so that would be um, one cup of coffee. But avoid any sugary sodas. Those are going to upset your stomach, and you're not going to be getting, you're going to be getting empty calories. So you're not going to be getting any nutritional value for yourself nor your unborn child. And those fake sugars, those acetine, those have been linked to, um, you know, as we know, cancers. Are, but those are not healthy, especially during pregnancy. In general, trying to wipe those out. But if you can, using real sugars, limiting your sugars, but using natural things like honey or agave nectar. Did you have any personal things that you felt when you were pregnant? Did you experience? Um, I know I know you've always said that when you were just thinking about getting pregnant that first year prior to pregnancy, how you really started you know eating healthier and, and more vitamin C. What would be your personal you know health tips um, to kind of have a healthier pregnancy? All the things that you said I think are absolutely essential and one of the most important things is if you are contemplating pregnancy to start immediately making sure you're leading a healthy lifestyle which as you said to eliminate alcohol, eliminate uh, caffeine and absolutely stop smoking if you have been smoking and stay away from smoking and I won't even get into if you're taking any drugs that that's an absolute no-no <laughs> you know you want to stay away from everything and that goes for even if you get ill um, before or when you're pregnant is talk to your doctor because you do not want to be taking medications that could harm the baby in or the fetus in any way. And then as far as foods, as fresh as possible, if you I'm a major gardener, if you can at all, grow your own leafy greens, uh, eat lots of citrus, you know, lots of oranges, lemons, grapefruit, anything like that. Drink lots of milk, get all that calcium. You also referred to there's sometimes an iron deficiency during this point, and we really have to be aware of that because that can be dangerous for the baby. But I think the, the most critical thing is to talk to your doctor to get regular checkups with the doctor and uh, to start reading as many, uh, you know, baby magazines, articles, take classes or seminars. And then on top of that, to be in good physical condition. And uh, w- one of the things I, you know, I'm a, I was always a horseback rider and I was always really athletic. And when I was getting pregnant or contemplated being pregnant, I asked the doctor, do I need to stop anything? And they said, no, you don't need to stop anything that you're already doing, but you don't want to start something. So, you know, if you if you weren't a horseback you know, rider before. Too, a lot of times people, again, before starting, you know, any, I, I hate saying diet, but starting, you know, a, a regimen. Um, people a lot of times think, oh, you know, I'm pregnant now. I, I shouldn't be very active. Continue with your acting your, or acting. Continue being active. You just sort of do things at a little less. I know I'm currently taking a bar method class. Amazing. You took it today too. But they offer, many women in it are, um, they do offer prenatal ones. Uh, but they, uh, many women do it. They just don't do it to the full extent. They kind of, right. uh, do uh, abbreviate, you know, sort of just a little bit less strenuous on it. Continue walking, you know, working on your arms, stay healthy. Well, this is a great segment. So for anyone that is considering getting pregnant, you want to uh, re-listen to this uh, this segment because having the right nutrition, the right exercise, taking care of yourself, and as I said at the top of the hour, being happy, really, really looking at your lifestyle and loving who you are and 
filling your life with smiles and happiness will make all the difference in the world. So, Heather, go out and go ahead and give out the uh, website. Most definitely. We want to go to BeTheStarYard.com as well as BeTheStarYard.org. Okay. Well, we're going to be going to a very quick break. But when we come back, we are going to learn how to get ready for a job interview, as well as how to ask for a raise when executive recruiter and author Russ, Russ uh, Hovindick joins us for a motivational segment, and that's coming right up with his two new books. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we're broadcasting live from Redondo Beach, California on World Talk Radio. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We will be right back. Don't go away. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Be the star you are. You are the star. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk and listen. I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth consultant, bringing you the movers, the shakers, and the pioneers on the planet who will inspire and motivate you to greatness. At one time or another, everyone applies for a job. And most of us really would like a raise as well. Well, Russ Hoovendick, a national award-winning executive recruiter, has motivated hundreds of people through his multiple roles as recruiter, career coach, 
training consultant, business owner, and a volunteer chaplain counselor with the juvenile jail and prison system in South Dakota. He is the author of two new books, How to Interview and How to Ask for a Raise, both very important books. Welcome, Russ, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Cynthia, it's just a pleasure being with you today. I really have uh, looked forward to this. Well, thank you. I look forward to it, too, because these are two questions and books that everybody needs. I think everybody wants to know how to interview, and at some point or another, everybody is like, hey, I, I really deserve a raise, but nobody really knows how to do it. Now, I'm going to start with your book, How to Interview, What Employers Want to Hear in Today's Competitive Job Market, and I think that subtitle is what's really important what employers want to hear. Because I am an acting coach, and you started out your book, How to Interview, with the number one question that is asked in the entertainment business when you go on an audition, and that's tell me about yourself. And, you know, everybody seems to freeze. It doesn't matter how great they are as an actor or how great they are in a job situation. When most people hear tell me about themselves, it triggers that shiver down the spine, as you said. So... Let's talk about that question in the business world and how an employer really wants to hear the passions and who you are as a person. And, of course, the last thing they want to hear is, what do you want to hear? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, so commonplace, I guess, that question that comes to play because it's an it's a opener. Uh, that employers use to try and strike up a conversation as well. And yet, it's a very important question. And, and a lot of times, individuals uh, immediately start to think, well, where should I start? What, what should I be telling them? What's, what's uh, of interest? And it seems when nerves set in, then, then people start to, uh, as I say, lubricate their jawbone, and they start ta- talking about things that have no bearing. And so they talk about their birth order. They'll talk about where they were born. They'll talk about all these different things. What I teach is different. And uh, a lot of times when I'm putting individuals into interview sessions, uh, of course, they're prepared for this question. But what I teach people to do is bring the attributes to light that really make them uh, or will set them apart and uh, from others because, uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, in the title, the job market is very, very competitive, and you need to set yourself apart from the competition. And so what I do is, uh, rather than to give facts at that opening, what I do is, is uh, direct people to take and bring what it is inside that makes them different, their passions, the, what excites them, what gets them out of bed in the morning, all you know, those types of things, and, and verbalize that, and then and uh, take a supporting statement uh, after that that takes a, I call it a statement of credibility that actually describes in detail uh, a little bit more. So if a person says, you know, that uh, uh, I am an action person right from the start, well, then what's that statement of credibility that would define your action, uh, that type of thing? Leadership, what defines that? You know, that, that you might say, I, I, uh, I have a passion for leading others and bringing common vision. Okay, well, then how did you do that in a prior setting? And so the statement of credibility that follows that um, brings much more credibility than just the buzzwords that are thrown out there all the time. Right, and you talk about these buzzwords have really become cliche, and the most important way 
to express yourself on an interview is to to share a short story of how you accomplish this. So, as you said, don't just say I'm an action person, but demonstrate, you know, how you are an action person and how it happened in another job. Something I think that was very important in your book, How to Interview What Employers Want to Hear in Today's Competitive Job Market, is there are many people today that have had a gap in their employment record because of the downturn in the economy. And how to address that, because that gives people pause and fear when they're going into an interview and they think, oh my gosh, I've been unemployed for 18 months and, you know, they're not, they're going to think I'm worthless. So would you share with our listeners some tips on how to approach that in a positive way to show that you have been constantly learning or volunteering or moving forward, even though you may not be have been getting a paycheck. Sure. I think it's important uh, right out of the blocks to talk about uh, terminology, too, because sometimes uh, when I'm interviewing individuals, uh, uh, they'll say, well, I was terminated. And uh, the 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 connotation that goes with that is that you were fired, you know. Well, termination takes on a different different uh, flair than it should because uh, if you were downsized, there is a significant difference being downsized that was part of the economic downturn like you're talking about as opposed to being fired. And mm-hmm. I address actually both on how to, how to address that. So in terms of uh, if you were downsized, were you part of, of a downsizing effort. What I mean by that is, was there 20 people, 30 people that were downsized at the same time that you were? How many, uh, how many downsizing initiatives did you survive uh, until you were actually downsized? So you might have been part of phase three, phase four of a downsizing effort. Well, with each phase that you actually um, survived, survived <laughs> shows your value to that organization. And uh, so you use these things to bring value to that conversation. As you've been sitting on the sidelines, uh, you know, sometimes in, in downsizing situations, you'll have uh, severance paid. They might, uh, because you've been an employee for a certain, a certain amount of time, you'll get a paycheck that's equivalent to how many weeks or how many months of service that you've done or how many years. And sometimes people sit on the sidelines and they use that money up until the end and then the midnight hour they go, oh, I better go uh, attack the job market now. And during that time, uh, you know, it's okay to do that, but I, I think it's, um, uh, I always advise people to be very, very active all the time. And uh, by that I mean going out and researching companies, uh, going out and, and uh, taking some courses. There's tons of free courses to take and better hone your skills in leadership, whatever the case may be, and show that you're active and moving forward in the process as opposed to sitting and just waiting for something to come to you. The more active you are and the more that you can demonstrate that you've been aggressive in terms of your pursuit of prospective employment options, uh, sets the uh, tone with an employer very, very well. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, um, I am the executive director of the charity Be the Star You Are. And it's, it was interesting the last few years how many people had been downsized, outsized, whatever, fired, you know, terminated in one way or another. <laughs> and it was uh, fascinating to me when people would reach out because they would say, as I'm in between jobs, I want to keep my skills you know, really clear, and I'd like to do some volunteer work 
for, and they would be very specific. The ones that were good would say, you know, I need three months of volunteer work or whatever. And I thought that that had to look really good on a resume if you're just keeping yourselves very much, you know, on the edge as opposed to sitting on the couch and watching sitcoms. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, the, the website is directionalmotivation.com. We are talking to Russ Hooven Dick and his book that we're discussing right now is How to Interview What Employers Want to Hear in Today's Competitive Job Market. And we're going to get to a second book in just a second. But he has three P's. That's his method in all the books. It's prepare, present, and be professional. So preparation, presentation, and professionalism are the keys. Many people don't prepare for a job interview. I mean, they don't even know sometimes what the company does. And you gave several examples in here, which, you know, if you don't know where you're going, it's like any road will do. Talk to us about the importance of preparation. Well, preparation uh, is absolutely key because what it does is it uh, it helps you to understand the culture of a company. If you're looking at a company, it understand you understand what they do. You understand their mission statements. You understand whether you actually fit them. Uh, that type of thing. But, you know, as individuals, we like to know that somebody knows something about us, and, they, and you know, you're in a conversation, and they say, well, you know what, uh, I saw that you did this. And you go, wow, well, that's pretty cool. Uh, and it's a compliment. And so a lot of times what happens... It makes inter- a connection as well, right, Russ? I mean, oh, yeah, Because we're, we're all humans, and we want to feel like we're important and appreciated and... By them, by doing your homework, you show that you care. Yeah, yeah, and believe me, it sounds really crazy, but so many people uh, will go to an interview and they they don't know what a company manufactures. Uh, they don't know the history of the company. They're just looking for a job. Well, employers are looking for somebody that can make a difference, somebody that can actually affect the bottom line, because that's why they are in business. And so, uh, just it sounds just really crazy. But the people that actually go out and research companies, prepare, they know the individuals that, are, that make up the chemistry of the company, uh, by knowing that going in, set themselves apart just in that little portion right there. Another thing is uh, uh, researching is so easy to find out uh, uh, on LinkedIn, those types of sources, that they can find out where the individual went to school, that type of thing. Sometimes there's a commonality of just going to the same school, being from the same state, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's just those little things that can really separate you. You know, it's really important. Again, it's it's a connection because mm-hmm. people like to work with other people that I don't want to say they're exactly like them, but at least will complement their their work ethic, etc. And if you feel that there is this common thread, you're going to be a little bit uh, better off. And you had a, a great example in here of a young lady who applied for a job and then in the middle of the interview asked, now what is it you guys make? And they said beer. Oh, she says, that I don't, I don't like alcohol. I can't work for you. I mean, yeah. you know, why bother? That was a waste of everybody's time. You know, right. that was a, was not a good thing. So let's, um, I want to move on just a bit because what I like so much about your book is you talk about behavior based interviewing in here and in this in the chapter on preparation, some critical activities for every job interview. And one of the things you talked about was body language and it's and uh, coming on time, et cetera. And it's really important 
that from the moment you walk in the door that you're on, as opposed to just thinking that the minute you walk into the interviewer or the HR's office that you have to be on, you have to be on your game from the moment you step out of your car. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't realize uh, when they walk onto the grounds of a company that uh, for many pro- very progressive companies, everybody's an interviewer. They're all watching you. And so sometimes it's the it's individual that's the security guard at the gate. They have an input. I, I have a company that uh, they take all that information in and say, how do they respond to you? How do they act? Uh, the receptionist, how did they treat them? All the way down. And so a lot of times they'll say, or individuals will think in their mind, okay, when I get in the interview room, now i got to turn it up. Uh, you know what? Uh, you've already made your statement many times. It's really unfortunate. I had an individual that... Uh, went through the process, and because uh, they do a follow-up with uh, the HR department, um, and they thought that this person was, was um, well, they were condescending to him because they thought they had the job, and so they are condescending to him. And uh, it was really interesting because uh, they take everybody's viewpoint into consideration, and that individual didn't get the job because they treat him that way. And, you know, as as that individual should not have gotten the job because, in my opinion, you know, everyone is great. Everyone's a star. Everyone has a a place in life. And I think our purpose as individuals is we need to treat everyone with respect and with dignity. I just remember on a personal um, level years ago when I would go in for an audition for a movie, I've, you know, I've always, I always talk to the secretaries and they're the gatekeepers, Mm -hmm. but I just treat everybody like I treat everybody. I mean, everybody's the same to me. And what was really interesting is a few years later, I got a call just out of the blue for a movie and I never even had to audition. And I didn't understand why. It turned out that that secretary had become a casting director and she thought that I was perfect for the job. And what she remembered was all the years that I was nice to her. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't nice to her because I thought she was going to be a casting director one day. I was just, I was just being myself. Hey, but, you know, nice is a good thing. It really is. Yeah, but you know, I think that's the point that you're making in the book is mm-hmm. just be, be yourself and be uh, kind. Let's just go over a couple of etiquette things and then we're going to get to how to get a raise. Uh, it was interesting, your story about the, the business casual and the man who showed up in flip-flops and shorts to mm-hmm. an interview that is so inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I used the term, and this individual was, uh, you know, coming out of college, so I said, he asked me, uh, what should I wear? I said, well, business casual. And uh, he caught all that statement but the business side. He caught the casual, <laughs> and that excited him. And so he said, wow, this is pretty cool. And I said, they're really a laid-back, uh, very, very friendly environment. You're really going to like them. Well, he took my message of casual to the extreme and uh, showed up in cargo shorts and flip-flops. Yeah, like and... he was interviewing for a surf shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and he was a tremendous talent, but, uh, you know, we have to be on top of our game, uh, you know, research the company, even though I, uh, even though I said business casual, business casual meaning, uh, you know, dockers and a, and a shirt, you know, type Right. Of. Yeah, khakis and just something like that. Well, you know, this is, uh, this book that we're talking about is how to interview what employers want to hear in today's competitive job market. And we're talking to Russ 
Hovindick, and it's spelled H-O-V-E-N-D-I-C-K. And as you can hear, he has years and years, over two decades of experience in recruiting and coaching and helping people to do a great job interviewing and to book the job. Now, he's also wrote a wonderful book, How to Get a Raise, the correct way to ask for an increase in salary and wages. And, of course, when no matter who we are, we always... At some point, we want to get a raise, but it's really not very appropriate just to stand outside the door of the boss and and um, corner them and say, "Hey, I have a two hundred dollar payment to make. I need a raise." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a, a, you know, that story resonated because I've heard several people do things like that. Let's talk about the proper way to get a raise. And again, we go back to the three P's: prepare, present, and be professional. So, what is your first? Uh, kind of tool tool of the trade that you feel is critical and it has to start with preparation of course well you know it, it's interesting because i've had uh, fortune 500 uh hr managers read this book i've had uh, or, organizational managers operations people read this book and they love it uh and the reason for it is because i challenge individuals to take an accountability of what they do bring to the table and, and be honest with themselves deep down inside uh, to assess, okay, do I actually meet the grade uh, of what's being asked of me in the present position? Have I exceeded that? Do I deserve a raise? Okay, and it's very important to really take that true self-assessment, be honest with yourself. Uh, the next thing is when you do that, your presentation is very easy because you've got your ducks in a row. And uh, the the interview, um, I, I call it an interview because it really is, uh, you know, that session should not be confrontational at all. If you've done your preparation, you've uh, also alerted that you'd like to discuss the raise with the HR manager or with your boss, uh, it's not a confrontational situation at all. It's just an exchange of facts about what's, what the, the current status is. I, I like the point that, that you bring that up about the car payment because that car payment and the fact that your obligations have gone up significantly has nothing to do with with uh, the reason to get a raise. That's you know, your, and that I think personal. is a really critical point that you make in the book because very often people feel, hey, the cost of living's gone up, so I have to get a raise. But you know, again, the company doesn't owe you that. You owe the company to be doing the best job you possibly can to make their bottom line. So you have to show that you are valuable to the company. How much are you worth? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why should they why should they even listen to the fact that you they think that they, you know, that you need more money? It's not up to them to no. make your lifestyle the way you want it, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And actually, uh, when you make a statement like that, you lose all credibility. Right. And, right. Uh, and then the other part is on the professionalism side is that uh, you may not get that raise. I don't guarantee that you're going to get a raise. If you take and do the presentation and you, uh, or preparation, you do the presentation, what it does is sets the tone for a future raise because uh, you and the, your boss, the HR manager, whomever it might be, can sit down and put together an action plan that's based on facts to help you get that raise in the future. So you're really having an open conversation of where you're hitting the mark and where you're not. HR managers love this. Employees love this book, and uh, and it, it's 
it's been very rewarding to get the feedback. That well, I, I was just going to say, and you have you have many wonderful endorsements on here, and I, you know, I could quote all of them, but I'll let people read the book, how to get a raise, the correct way to ask for an increase in salary and wages. But I just liked one line here that said, "Your boss controls your salary, but you determine your value to the company." So what this book does is help you realize this reality. And it's a game changer. This was um, Jan, who was an educator, who wrote that. And uh, also, you, if if people would use this as a an opportunity, like even if you don't get the raise, you say look at it as an opportunity of how you can improve and set your smart goals so that the next time you will be able to get a raise. Mm-hmm. But you also give uh, tips in here of you know how you kind of deal with somebody who's difficult. And the last thing you want to do is be confrontational or start trying to backtrack and defend yourself. You, you just really want to stick to your agenda and the facts, and that's where your preparation comes in. Yep, and, that, uh, and the professionalism at the end, how you handle yourself. Uh, you handle it in a positive way regardless of how it turns out because uh, you're setting the tone. Uh, sometimes people will will come out of a raise situation. They didn't get their raise, and so they they become bitter. Or they they get into a confrontational situation, and uh, where they could have had a nice reference for the next position, they don't get a nice reference for the next position because of that confrontational situation that they uh, encountered. Well, There's and you no gave reason. several several examples in how to get a raise of you know people. One gentleman, you know, like being there. 25 years and not getting his raise and just walking out, you know, getting mm-hmm. angry. And nobody wants to have somebody react like that. So right. you uh, you talk about how to say, you know, even if you're disappointed, to thank them and to ask perhaps when will be the next time, you know, what can you do to improve yourself and when can you reevaluate. So your book is just filled with wonderful tips on thinking with the big picture, how to be a professional self, to understand that your boss is just a person and you say so you shouldn't be intimidated, how to engage in the conversation and just to get started and to, and to continue on it. Uh, and one thing I thought was very important is to, uh, in the research, is to research what other people in your position would be, expe- and your, not only your position but your expertise, is what would be a normal amount for a raise or a salary so that you're not being, you know, a curmudgeon or, or being greedy. Mm-hmm. I think that's very critical, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I just, uh, <laughs> it's interesting you bring up that point because I just had an interview with an individual uh, that's looking to make a change, and I said, so what are you making now? And he told me, and I said, so what are you looking to make? And it was significantly higher. And I said, is that realistic for the market? He said, well, that's what I want. I said, mm-hmm. okay, I understand that, but is it realistic for the market? He said, what do you mean? I said, have you researched to see what the market pays? He said, I don't care what the market pays. This is what I want. I said, okay, keep that in mind because uh, you may be disappointed when you find out the marketplace really doesn't pay that. Your expectations aren't realistic. So it's you very see, important to take and do the research. That's what I thought was very good in your book is that we do have to be realistic about things, and it's not about what we want. 
It's about what the value is that we bring to the, that company and, you know, what the going rate is. Also, before we close, too, I thought that uh, something that was important to bring up, and this is both for interviewing as well as getting a raise, is when you are talking uh, uh, to the HR person of how to keep everything positive as opposed to if you were in another job, you don't want to rant and rave about anything or this isn't the time to air the dirty laundry and you don't want to, you don't want to air anything negative or even share it even if you have a good friend that's working in the same company with you because uh, you might even be violating company policies and talking about salaries or raises or any of that, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, there's been situations through the years where people have left that room, gone back, and shared that conversation with a group or with an individual. And uh, basically what they did is created discord. And, uh, you know, it's grounds for being fired. Yeah, or discussing discussing financial, uh, you, you know, pay salaries issues. Uh, that's grounds for dismissal, and a lot of people don't realize that they get so tied up in the emotional side of all this that they they don't use logic and uh, common sense. And so that the book really goes there to to help individuals take out the emotion out of all this. Let, let's be realistic and let's sit down and really put together a plan uh, for action. Well, and as you said, it's taking the emotion out. Just stick to the facts, stick to being professional, stick to the three P's method that Russ has outlined in both his books, how to interview, how to get a raise, and those are prepare, present, and be professional. And you can find these books. You can get coaching from Russ, find out more, and there's lots of of, uh, downloads that you can do, too. Go to directional motivation.com directionalmotivation.com Russ also speaks um, you know wherever you need a speaker on this and something that everyone will love that these books are very well thought out very succinct and they're short they're under a hundred pages one is only about how to interview is just about 90 and how to get a raise is about 99 so you can read them in a very short amount of time just in time for that interview and just in time for that get a raise but give yourself a little more time than than that right rest exactly. <laughs> that would be part of the preparation well, you know what? What's interesting too, and I don't know how much time we have right now, but uh, I have uh, high schools that are buying this for their curriculum. I've uh, been contacted by two colleges that are putting this into their curriculum. Uh, and what I would say this would be—I'm going to promote this a little bit. Uh, the How to Interview book would be a tremendous purchase for uh, individuals with graduates that are coming out of high school, graduates that are coming out of college, uh, getting ready to enter the marketplace, because I've written it to help them as well. It's good for anybody, but this will really help them. And it would be a great gift for a a high school, a college graduate. Or, you know, I just think it'd be, uh, it's a great book for anyone to have and keep it as a resource book. You know, because we're, what is the statistics now where we, people change jobs, but in a lifetime you're going to have five to seven jobs. People Mm -hmm. aren't, you know, they don't get that gold, that gold watch very much anymore because we change jobs off more often. So how to interview, we're going to be doing it over and over. And I, it's really important to have a guide on your side. So uh, Russ, uh, Hovendick, H-O-V-E-N-D-I-C-K, how to interview and how to get a raise. So we are out of time, Russ. Thank you for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And again, 
please go to directionalmotivation.com. This book has been endorsed by businesses and educational leaders across the country, and I know that you will find it incredibly um, self-directing and very, very helpful in any of your endeavors for your future career. So thank you, Russ, for writing, and thank you for coming on Starstale, Be the Star You Are, to enlighten our listeners and help them make a difference in their lives and that of their employers. Cynthia, it's been a pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, a plug for you guys. You know, uh, your philanthropy efforts have been just phenomenal. And uh, uh, I just really uh, am encouraged by what you're doing as well. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. We want everyone to go out into the world and be the star that you are. And with Russ's books, How to Get a Raise and How to Interview, you can do just that. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and when we come back, we're going to learn to weed, seed, and feed, so don't go away. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and you have just been listening to our guest, Russ Hovendick, How to Interview, How to Get a Raise, back in a bit. Star you are, the star you What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. All employers face the same dilemma. How does one find and keep great employees? When running an ad, keep in mind that you're looking for a career-minded individual who wants to grow with your company. An ad sells an opportunity for growth and rewards. Prepare a job description, review resumes, interview, re-interview, and check references carefully. Listen for the words not being said as well as what has been spoken. The better employee you hire, the less time you'll have spend managing their performance. Train well and constantly. Offer benefits that are important to the employee and keep the lines of communication open. If you are motivated to succeed, they'll be motivated to help you. Most employees want to do a terrific job, they want to increase their skills and productivity, and they want to be considered an asset to the company. When you, as the employer, take the time to find the right people, you will be rewarded with a synergy that makes working fun. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information on booking your consultation, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Be the star you are. 
up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, it's spring, and the flowers are blooming. There's fragrant wisteria, hyacinths, jasmine, lilac perfumes the air. It's time to get out in the garden and to start planting. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. So we're going to go from the office to the garden to learn to weed, seed, and feed. Robert Louis Stevenson said, don't judge each day. By the harvest you reach, reap, but by the seeds you plant. So when is the right time to plant seeds? This is a question I am often asked as a garden consultant. And as I go along the, around the country speaking on gardening issues, people are always wondering, you know, when do I, how do I know? Well, I have always embraced the age-old farmer's timing technique for planting seeds in any climate, anywhere. And don't laugh, but it's the truth. If you can sit on the ground with your bare bottom and not feel too cold or too wet, it's warm enough to sow your seeds. So that means drop your drawers and touch the ground. And if it feels okay, then you can start planting. Now this year in, here in California, Northern California especially, it was, uh, it was warmer than usual earlier. And it, even though I've already, you know, I've got my tomatoes and peppers and squash are sprouting and a so, uh, winter just seemed to skip by. Now I know in other parts of the country it wasn't like that. So we have to be careful on where it is that we live. And because the first thing you want to do is start uh, your garden by getting all the weeds out. If you don't carefully edit and amend your gardens, get the soil prepared, you're not going to have good uh, good crops later on. If over the winter you planted vetch, clover, or fava beans, you want to turn them over because that adds the very much desired nitrogen and nutrients to the soil. And then other weeds need to be manually pulled and either added to the compost piles or put in your green bin. And then once you have your soil rich and ready, then that's the time to get the seed packets out or the six packs and start digging. Now, arugula happens to be my top pick for growing greens this season. I have about five different kinds planted, runway, serrated, rustic organic, true Italian organic. Uh, Of course, one of my very favorite is called wasabi. I love beets as well. So I've planted jewel-toned beets. It's a blend. I've planted purple and rattlesnake pole beans. They're already in the ground. Um, Radishes are easy for kids, and so is butter lettuce. So if you have kids, you might want to plant some radishes, carrots. Those kinds of things are really fun. They sprout very quickly, and the kids get to see their uh, their works easily. I did something the other night, and I think I talked about it already on the radio, but I thought I would give it again, and that was to make a, um, I made what I call a spring garden pizza, which was I just went out into the garden and picked anything that was okay right, you know, right now, which was um, arugula and um, chives and some onions and garlic and Swiss chard and kale was all ready and put it on a crust with uh, cheese and then baked it, topped it with arugula and put a uh, fresh egg on top and then roasted it. It was really great and it was a it's a great thing to do with kids. Naturally, it's important to plant pollen plants because 
We want to attract the pollinators, you know, the bees and the butterflies. That helps our gardens grow. Did you know that the bee pollinators provide one of every three bites that we take? And as you've heard before, honeybees have been disappearing in record numbers. And butterflies have also suffered significant population decline. So we really need to eliminate the pesticides and insecticides while planting flowers of varied shapes. And that way we can bring the bees and butterflies also you know, those uh, pesticides and insecticides get into our storm systems, go down into our water systems, and that is all bad, too. So here are a few pollinator plants that you can grow from seed, and they're very easy. And if you plant them as succession plants, you, then you could get, like, three seasons of enjoyment, and they will support a wide range of bee and butterfly species and populations. So for some early blooms, if you plant baby blue eyes, California poppy, chives, clover, larkspur, lupin, Osteosperman, pea, poppy, and viola. Mid-season beauties include bat flu buttons, uh, basil, black-eyed Susan, borage, calendula, cilantro, cosmos, foxglove, lavender, squash, and thyme. Although I actually have calendula growing all year long and blooming all year long, and I eat, use it in my cooking as Pormen saffron. And then late-season color, you know, plant some agastache, some amaranth, Cleome, dahlia, marigold, salvia, sunflower, and zinnia. And then you can add a bit of organic fertilizer to feed the seed. Uh, a brew of homemade compost tea is recommended, although you can purchase organic food plant uh, at your natural, you know, at your local garden center. And um, it just depends on the soil you have. High nitrogen sor- sources are perfect for plants to grow for their foliage while flowering and vegetable crops prefer lower nitrogen and higher phosphorus. So with your spring garden planet, you can now start dreaming of those delicious crops to be harvested in the future. Just water, tend, and wait. So I hope that you have a wonderful, healthy garden, and no matter if you're in an apartment or just you have more a yard, you can always grow something. So uh, may you have a joyful spring and get growing. Well, thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned to World Talk Radio on Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific. With me, I'm Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, and we like to be your personal growth success coaches, and we bring you expert advice from others around the planet, renowned authors who really change your life, have incredible ideas and thoughts, and can make your dreams come true. For information about Star Style Productions or to buy any of the books that I've written, Be the Star You Are, Be the Star You Are for Teens, Business the Show Business, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, the blessings of love and relationships are miracle moments. You can visit StarStyleRadio.com and go to the store. For information on Be The Star You Are charity or to make a donation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Sign up for our free newsletter and visit our teen site, BTSYA.com. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself Teen Radio Tuesdays on our sister network, Voice America Kids, it airs at 12 noon Pacific, and the kids do a great job talking about things that are important to teens. Our aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. See beyond your physical being, know you're already a star, and cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And I hope you'll read a book this week, pick up how to interview and how to get a raise, and your life will change. Until next week. When we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, 
and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This has been Star Style, and I thank you and encourage you, be the star you are. We'll see you next Thursday, 3 to 4 p.m., right here on World Talk Radio. Thanks for being with me. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our Power Party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.